Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. He said Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the Atlantic from the perspective of the other. My name is Royfield Brown and I'm ably assisted by my two brothers from another mother. Over in Dublin we have Mick Wright. Kind of... Hello Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Scotland via Canada and I seem to remember I missed the Dumpty Dum Awards because I was singing Mozart's Requiem and I think you thought it was a tremendously good reason for not going but I was in fact singing it and I realise in light of this I probably owe you at least one song Dumpty Dum. Having said that, I'm a high soprano. If I sing it on Dumpty Dum, it's going to go horrendously wrong. I have tried this. It does not work. You will have it screeching somewhere in the register of F at the top of the staff. So um, here is Dumpty Dum on more recordable syllables. Shit, isn't it? What, what is? That you're having to do this at three o'clock in the morning or whenever it is. Oh, it's only midnight. Is it? See, that is three o'clock in the morning for me. <laughs> I turn into a pumpkin after half past ten. Uh, no, no, no. Listen, midnight's fine, but what? It's more the um. The, yeah. The, I know. And so. I know. I was in bed about fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> so <I'm>... sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. It's amazing. It's amazing that we're both uh, compost menthol enough to actually string a coherent sentence together. Yeah, I don't know how compost menthol I am. I tell you, but I, um, <laughs> we need uh, to do dumpty dum cheer or something, don't we, to wake ourselves up? <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. That is. I tell you what, you know, you're on it. You, you've hit the ground running. 
you know. Like what? You're, look at you, the energy, your mind's darting. I've had a lot of coffee. Uh, William, um, William, my little coffee maker. No. <laughs> Just someone tweeted that this morning as well. The advert for Camp Coffee, okay. made of acorns. They said it tasted like, it's supposed to taste like acorns, and I said, no, it tasted like despair. Oh, it's horrible. Um, but no, William, my little coffee coffee maker boy, is uh, bringing me copious cups of coffee. Ah, good boy. Um, right, I'm just one minute, just before we get going, I'm just trying to find some people, people who are giving you love. Really? Oh, come on, don't sound so bloody surprised. No, well, last week they were all having a pop at me, weren't they? Saying, well, yes, no. you're nicer than R. Well, <laughs> I, I am a nicer person than you, but as, you as we said last Even week, I would agree that you were a nicer person than me. You're just much more interesting, mate. Much more interesting. In the way that hell is supposed to be more interesting than heaven. Yes. <laughs> I'm starting to get reviews for 10 American presidents. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Which I still have to listen to. It's still on my podcast list. Sorry. You don't listen to any of my stuff. I do. Well, no, I do when I've got time. I'm too busy listening you to the archers. Listen to How Jamaica, and you haven't listened to Ten American Presidents. I haven't, no, but I'm going to, and it's on my list. Honestly, I can send you the screen grab. Well, thank heaven for moinness and my, you know, proper true fans, because they actually, you know, you know, don't just like say they're going to do stuff they go do it download it play it enjoy it write reviews and like you anyway andrew mentz uh, more lucy love right 10 american presidents nothing to do with you right here goes i followed Roy royfield's output with mixed results mixed results anyway let's let that one go how did you make it was too noisy bar humbug to that but let's let that one go dumpty dum is addictive although i refuse to listen to its subject matter i do however adore lucy oh mm. mid-atlantic was great but has gone to ground now 10 ap stunning amazing hey oh brilliant Mm, loves you doesn't even listen to the but archers refuses loves you well oh uh, very nice mixed results he said nobody said stupendous and amazing he just doesn't like the music on how jamaica are we being all needy again we're gonna get told off aren't we for being needy oh bollocks of people say that we're needy <laughs> <laughs> but you know what we should do right? we should probably do the show shouldn't we yeah because i need to go back to bed okay oh are you still in bed because it's ever so rustly no, 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 not at all. I bed with someone called Russell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. What have we done? Knock the alarm clock over now. No, no, no. I just moved, moved the chair and I'm deciding not to move my legs. I was waggling my legs, maybe that's what you could hear. Waggling your legs? Yes, I was waggling my legs. Why? You know, I just got that nervous kind of energy thing where you just waggle ah, right. your legs and that's what I was doing. All right, but I've decided to stop. <laughs> because this is Dumbly the Miss Show about the reality docky drum that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Flare and Prodigy Show, Royfield Brown, and with me I have the disastrous pantomime that is Lucy Freeman. And the most important part of the village calendar is you folks. Today's rendition of Barrett Green is brought to you by Claire in Scotland, sometimes in Canada. What a lovely pair of lungs she has. Lucy. Yes. Can you remind our listeners how that when the accolade of Dumpty Dumber of the Week? Yes, 
If you would like to speculate wildly on what or who exactly Matt is doing in Costa Rica, give us a call on 02030313105 or get in touch via SpeakPipe on the site. Uh, thanks again to the amazing Harriet at Shambridge for the sponsorship messages and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Um, we I don't know if you guys realise, but Derek actually uh, does our Twitter feed very occasionally. We let him send messages, but a lot of the time he does collect them and put them in a file for us to, to go through when we've um, uh, when we're doing the show, preparing the show. And um, so you have to be quite careful the kind of things that you send because you you can occasionally hurl him into a sort of a erotic tailspin and um <laughs> b12 didn't help this week by tweeting please explain to us provincial types what taking lucy freeman up the sanderson involves now this caused no end of complications because it took royfield and i a good fortnight to explain to derek uh, what that meant and what the connotation was and how it had not really happened so uh, yes please do be careful what you send uh, because we don't want to inflame Derek any more than he is inflamed already. He has the ointment and everything. So, yes, just beware. Okay. Good. Yes. Oh, I'm glad that's all been cleared up. Now. Unlike Derek, anyway. <laughs> Derek's inflammation. This week we have caller in as galore. We have calls from Yokel Bear, whose hackles are up. HB Purple, who doesn't care whether Ruth or David go or not. There's a lot of people of the same mind, you know. I know. The spoon, obviously part of the pub chain. He's my new favourite caller. Don't be mean about him. He's my new favourite caller. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So, Ruth Witherspoon's cousin, who wants Kate on the couch. Claire, who thinks that Susan has castrated Neil. She and a whole load of other archers listeners think the same. Miss Marples, who wants to know Tina's history. Goddess Diva, who hates Rob even more, if that is possible. And Mistress Collis, who sets the record straight and proves yet again that I was right. But first, <laughs> before all that, Lucy V. Freeman, tell us what you got in your pig up this week. Jill has been hauling 40 years worth of shite out of the attic. So far, she's found a tailor's dummy, some Barbie dolls, and Daryl Makepeace. <laughs> Hootie Jill confessed she and Phil named their children by getting pissed and using alphabet blocks. Grand, they could have been called anything, said Pip. Yes, I mean, thank God they ended up being called something sensible, like Kenton and Shula. David's getting shirty. The first tiniest inkling that they may have made a stupendous mistake has just set a tiny little alarm ringing in his suet-like head. So now they're not going for another three months, or at all. But let's not start pulling on that sodding threat or that thread or the whole show will unravel. He was pretending not to hear when Jill asked him if he wanted to keep any of his old toys. She found his toy farm and said he was all still there and only few of the animals had legs missing. Unaccountably, as a man in his 40s, he didn't really want to spend the day playing with a box full of paraplegic sheep, so he was a bit curt with her. He was also feeling a bit touchy he's as he... older than in his 40s, by the way. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, he is, isn't he? Is he 50 yet? He's well over 50. What are you talking about? Is he? Yes. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I might have to reassess my feelings. <laughs> um... <laughs> He was also feeling a bit touchy as he didn't want to admit that when things get stressful on the farm, 
He nips up to the attic and plays Febreze the Felpersham with Shuna's old girl's world. Is that what all right for you? Are you going anywhere nice for your holidays? Shanice, could you take my lady up to the basins, please? He finds it comforting, but it's not the kind of thing you can confess to your mother or your wife when her idea of femininity is taking her wellies off for anniversary sex. Uh, all more fun in the shower for Jolene. Jolene, as we know, is never at home anywhere as when she's peering through steamed up frosted glass. The lock on the bathroom door was faulty, she said. And with just a soldering iron, a Phillips screwdriver, 20 minutes and a carpenter, the door accidentally came open to reveal harassment playing with his Mr. Matey in the shower. She was overcome with embarrassment, obviously, and rushed out after she'd given him a clean towel, she said, and showed him how the thermostat worked and regrouted the tiling. She told Lillian about it, but slightly oversold Harrison as she got confused in what she was actually saying was his soapy loofah. Harassment... Can what? I just say something, Lucy? Mm-hmm. Right. Have yes. you ever accidentally walked in on somebody? No, because you hear the shower from about three miles away and the shower doesn't run by itself. Well, but she thought that Fallon, her daughter, was in there. So I get that. So Because she was going Fallon, Fallon, and she walked in, right? But then when you see somebody else in there, what do you do? You go, oh, sorry, and you close the door. You certainly don't stop and give them a towel. Yeah, and then go, oh, Harrison. Oh, <laughs> Harrison. And then he doesn't go, oh, Jolene, and have a conversation with you in the box. Why do you the bathroom? Exactly, exactly. By the way, David Archer mm. is supposed to be 55, 56. Really? Mm. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Well, I'm just going to have to forget I know that. It must be, mustn't it? Yes, of course, because I was li- when he was growing up when I was listening. Yeah. Because uh, it was like... Hey, my, my uh, teenage, I was ex- I was learning how to be a teenager by da- through David Archer. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <When I> was- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that explains a lot, doesn't it, really? So, so much for your years of teenage rebellion, then. Yeah, exactly. Just joining the young farmers. Um, uh, Harris... Yes, sorry. Uh, Harrisman recovered himself by partnering Lillian at the dance class. Harrisman took this opportunity to ask Lillian searching questions about Matt's absence. Does he think that a ballroom dancing class is an appropriate place for an interrogation? Has this man got any actual proper policeman credentials? Has no one noticed that his badge is made of tinfoil and he doesn't have a squad car but he runs around the village shouting woo woo woo? Helen had a little tickle in bed, presumably while Rob was seeing Tina at the shop. If indeed that is really what he was doing, it has got to the stage where if Rob says he's had a cheese sandwich for lunch, I shout, ha, so you say. Uh, Ed has managed to get himself chucked off his own land. Fortunately, Carol Toboggan, with her faultless memory of a village she hasn't lived in for 30 years, suddenly recalled that Dan Archer used to have a milk round. Why don't one of you archers take it on? She said bossily. One of you archers? You mean the ones that are leaving or the ones that are about to become bankrupt? So now Ed, who with his customary excellent business luck, will be employed by one of those archers to carry on with the milk round for about a fortnight. Until Handy Hock explodes in a shower of nitrates and everyone runs out of money. However, in that fortnight, Ed being Ed, he will have bought a Lamborghini and promised Emma a swimming pool. Titchy knob. Sutton. What? No, but Ed's always doing it as well. He hasn't said, no, we can't get married because I haven't got any money and we've got, you know, I owe loads of money. He went ahead and did all this stuff for Christmas. He agreed to get the pay the rent on the thing, even though he couldn't. And he already knew that he owed about five grand. Mm. Silly ass. Um, titchy knob. 
subtly let Adam know that he knew about the passion in the privet on New Year's Eve. He said, I won't say anything to Helen, and then asked Adam where Ian was and offered him a shandy and a tongue sandwich. Helen then challenged Adam. It was just a New Year's kiss, but we got a bit carried away, said Adam. And then we found an old tennis ball in the privet hedge and we both bent down to get it at the same time. I was giving him a piggyback. I was opening some champagne and it burst in my hand. Tony decided to buy another ball. He's not scared, you know, but he's decided this time it's going to be a smaller breed. Covered in fur, one of those ones with a twitchy nose and it sort of hops. Kate is continuing her mission to drive Phoebe back to her father. I don't really do possessions, Linda, said Kate. Just the laptop on the car and the rent-free accommodation in the house, but they were all given to me, so they don't count. She appears to have a crush on a man called Jake, who sleeps in a hammock and has worms. Nice. That must have been one hell of a tinder Kate referred to the fantastically dull Trustafarians she was with as the cool kids, which automatically places them so far off cool they are hotter than the surface of the sun. Matt has definitely gone. Gone to Costa Rica, according to the text that he sent Lillian. I don't know why Costa Rica. I had a look online and all it has is volcanoes, rainforests, beaches, hot springs, mountains and surfing. So I don't know why on earth that would appeal to Matt more than the turkey fortune telling and the lower Loxley treetop walk. Some people don't know when they're well off, but now Lillian is trotting around the dower house on her Todd. This does mean that Fallon can have her stupid tea shop there, so that'll be nice. Lillian can sob all over the gypsy creams while Fallon fends off harassment burns and is out of control. Soapy, soapy loofa. I need to say goodbye to Lillian. Hang on one sec. Quick. Bye bye. Have a lovely day. Love you. Be good. Tilly's coming. Tilly's coming. Okay. Good boy. <laughs> Sorry. Interrupted by family stuff. That's I'll do right. the last one again. Bye, darling. Love you. Have a lovely day. Be good. See you later. Put your coat on. It's freezing. Bye. Right. The last bit again. Lillian can sob all over the gypsy creams while Fallon fends off harassment burns and is out of control. Soapy Lufa. Coincidentally, one of Kate's children is called Soapy Lufa, if memory serves. Kate plays <laughs> at university, teaching poor Africans how lucky they are. If they weren't depressed before, they bloody well will be once Kate's got hold of them. She is, unbelievably, making friends with the other students. They're not all country hicks from Borsetshire, she said. No, some of them are country hicks from Felpersham. Tony has been moved from Birmingham Hospital to Felpersham Hospital at his current rate of recovery, probably jogged there. Anyway, it's jolly good news, and he demonstrated how he could get up and down the ward using only his crotch, but I may have misheard that bit. Over at the increasingly bonkers bridge farm, the Chuckle Brothers, Tom and Johnny, were moving the pigs. Poor Neil was hopping mad as that was going to be the high point of the winter for him. He'd had it on his calendar for months. It was the only thing in his diary apart from changing the screen wash in the car. And he got to Bridge Farm, all excited to find the Chuckle Brothers doing it in between a spot of marriage counselling and dyslexia screening. Susan cornered Neil and after haranguing and bullying him for ten minutes, told him he needed to stand up for himself. If you act like a doormat, people will walk over you, said Susan, wiping her feet on him. Oh, Neil, don't you want your daughter to be proud of you? Yes, said Neil. I want to be able to look her in the eye and say, well, your mother's an ex-convict, your aunt's delusional, one uncle's an armed robber and the other's an arsonist, but I... I am a pig man, and nobody puts Neil Carter in a corner. The end. Oh, I like that end. That, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Costa Rica. Do you know what, it, yeah. what its claim to fame is? No. Doesn't have a standing army and never has done. Really? Yep. It's... That must make it somewhat vulnerable. Maybe that's why Matt's gone there. He's going to make one. Ah, maybe, maybe, maybe. 
but no, it's it's one of those kind of it's one of those kind of quirky facts about countries. And Costa Rica doesn't have a standing army and never has one. And I, I could be wrong. And maybe we've got some listeners in Costa Rica that are au fait with its constitution. But I think in the constitution they can't even have one. I what's a standing army? You mean an army that's just there whether or not there's a war or whatever? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 They don't stand about. No. 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 Well. And they might march about up and down and left and right and you know and all of that stuff but yeah you know. <laughs> our knowledge of military history is unsurpassed isn't it <laughs> they make march about a bit <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Costa Rica uh, yeah. anyway um, where are we Lucy shall we have an advert or some calls or yeah, what because I need a cup of coffee to wake me up because I'm, I'm at sixes and sevens I don't mind admitting Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. Oh, there you go. I've had a lovely cup of camp coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you may have had a cup of camp coffee, but it was not lovely. It can't have been. Well, listen, I told you I'm somewhat undiscerning when it comes about putting that kind of brown liquidy stuff in my gullet, I told you last week. But now... But now you've proceeded half of San Francisco to take you out for coffee, you can try every oh, single... Yes, Jay Selvin is taking me out um, on June. Even after you were that brusque to her, she's still taking you out? Well, yes, but... I... How do you do it? <sighs> I'm charming. I'm, you know, think the difference between and you, you offered to take people up the Sanderson. <laughs> <laughs> when I put that in front of you, you didn't often leap at the opportunity, though, didn't you? To be taken up the Sanderson. <laughs> well, I live a quiet you, you life. You said, Roy, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> but no, we had a lovely morning. Yeah, that was really nice. I usually get take a little chef, to be honest. So. <laughs> But anyway, listen, enough of your puns and let's do some caller inners. Let's see what they've said about the last week in Ambridge. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hello, Dum It's Yokel Bear here in the wilds of Wiltshire. Um, I've got my hackles up. Nobody, but nobody treats Lillian like this. Um, how can Matt do this? Um, it's, I don't know. I can't get my head around it. I mean, who would want to leave Lillian? She's fabulous. Um, I wonder whether this is some kind of delayed revenge for the affair that Lillian had. I wonder whether Matt got back together with her through convenience and has actually been planning to go for a while. Maybe this is a kind of long game thing. Um, Or maybe, you know, he's just fickle. I don't know. It's a real shame, though. I mean, (sighs) Tiger and Puscat, it's just... They were just brilliant because of the interactions, the kind of, you know, just the, 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 that spark between them really, really made the show. However, I am going to try and look on the bright side. Um, I think this opens up some potentially really interesting storylines for um, Lillian. 
um, about her kind of getting over this, um, maybe somewhere down the line meeting someone. I don't know. I mean, I really feel for Lillian at the moment. Um, you know, I think she's just brilliant. As you know, I'm definitely team Lillian. As for everything else going on, well, Rob, I just... oh. God, Rob, I just want to smack him in the face with a shovel. Um, the gaslighting continues apace, and the whole thing about I've given Tina a call and, you know, I've told her off is just, you know, I just want, I'm, I was screaming at the radio going, Helen, can't you see it? But I think that's obviously the point of the storyline. She can't see it, and this is how this works, and it's horrifying to listen to and see it unfold. Um,. Other than that, I'm pretty quiet week, I thought. I don't know. I mean, I kind of caught up with everything yesterday. Brilliant that we had some wonderful Lillian laughs at the beginning. Harrison in the shower was hilarious, but more hilarious was the conversation between Jolene and Lillian afterwards and just the sniggering and the, and the kind of salaciousness. That was great writing. So, script writers, well done. Big round of applause for that one. Um, okay, that's my thoughts this week. So, poor Lillian. I mean, if Lillian wants to pop round, you know, I can take her out. We'll go out on, a, on you know, a bit of a drink up and help her get over it. Because, you know, I'm really feeling for Lillian at the moment. All right, cheers. Bye. Uh, Yokel Bear has his hackles up on Matt. About Matt. Who would want to leave Lillian? And he thinks it might be some kind of delayed revenge for the Paul affair. Uh, and did Matt get back together with her through convenience? Well, yes, he did, I think. I mean, there was certainly... They never seemed to have kind of properly discussed the Paul thing, did they? He just sort of went... Uh, you know, he saw Paul off uh, uh, by setting his heavies... Yeah, by setting his heavies on him and frightening him into cardiac arrest. Um, but... Uh, there was no kind of it was all kind of uh, sort of a tacit understanding that this had happened and that it was all over and they weren't going to mention it again but Lillian was definitely less feisty with Matt after that because of the guilt uh. um, so maybe yeah maybe he never sort of came back from that nah, well, oh he's done something catastrophically stupid with his business well I without knowing whether uh, the actor that plays Matt has walked off in a strop whether they've given him the bullet or whatever the heck I think the only way this makes any form of sense to me is that he's just gone you know what I don't want to do this anymore this mm. the archers so we've had to we're trying to reverse engineer and, so, and, and of course yeah. the writers have had to reverse engineer the reasons why he walked off because their relationship as far as I was concerned was absolutely rock solid and it mm. was and it was and and that was and it was because Lillian forgave him uh, sorry he forgave Lillian for the affair and she then, forgave him for the you know the the the, the criminality exactly. the, the, non, the nonsense in Russia she came to mm. rescue and they both and they both realized that they were you know indebted emotionally mm. financially mm. every which way but to each other they went okay you know puss, pussycat tiger this makes no sense to me it makes mm -hmm. no goddamn sense other than the actor just thought I'm out of this have you read that there's a very anodyne little piece in the on the Archer's website um, about 
mass leaving and it's quite kind of, some of it's been written by a PR department you can tell a mile off because it's sort of like I've it's left me free to explore other opportunities <laughs> which is what people say when they've just been fired um and uh you know he sort of said it's been interesting playing Matt and seeing where he's got to but he leaves it slightly more open-ended about whether or not Matt is coming back but then he'd have to because you can't complete you can't tell the listeners that it, it, you know if, if Lillian thinks that he might come back yes. you can't then put the boot in and say no I'm definitely not um but it was a very strange little piece quite uncomfortable reading because you thought you kind of had a vision that he had a gun to his head while he was writing it or they were writing it I considering what um uh Uncle Kerry said hmm you, you know, a few months ago when he came on the show and he talked about the fact that we need he, he's basically talking about older women and kind of yeah. strong characters. We've now got them coming out of our ears. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, these older women who are the strong characters um, with the exception of Jenny, none of them are in relationships. Mm. Or at least in relationships of relative equals anyway. And mm. You had that with this pair. You know, this yeah. is much more bonkers than New Tom. This is much more bonkers than, I think, just about anything. When you sit down mm. and think about how well-written they were as a couple, how believable they were, mm. you know, because that was a relationship which had spanned time and there was... And how bonkers. popular they were. Exactly. As soon as they appeared, you'd sort of be sort of throwing, oh, Matt, Lillian, Puscat, Tiger, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Yeah. They were written so well that there has to be some unforeseen reason why they've had to write him out because it is bonkers beyond belief mm. but yeah. anyway I, I, I'm, I feel quite strongly about it you know yeah no me too and also one of the reasons I like them as we mustn't bore on about this too long but one of the <laughs> reasons that I like we can oh, yeah we can um, three days later they're still going um, one of the reasons why I like Matt and Lydia was because they were one of the few couples who completely accepted each other's failings they had very very public open failings mm. and it wasn't like Susan's a bit of a gossip or uh, you know uh, Neil's a bit of a wimp or whatever it was full on imprisonment you know passionate affairs drinking too much you know just kind of really uh, flawed human beings, very sort of they were real. They were real, exactly. Yeah. They, they weren't this cosy middle-class couple. They were, you know, living in the dower house like Caroline and Oliver. They were, you know, full on. Uh, they didn't always do the classy thing and they didn't always, you know, make good decisions and that's what made them lovely. Mm. And now they're gone. <gasps> anyway. God, that really brought me down there. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, uh, well, this next one's not going to cheer you up, really. Hello, this is Helen, um, also known as HB Purple. First time caller in a row. Uh, love the past podcast. Um, just wanted to give you my thoughts on the whole Brookfield nonsense. Um, it is a nonsense. Um, I actually originally didn't want them to go. Now I don't care whether they go or not and I'd rather they just got on with it. Um, it's a shame because it's made you disconnect with the characters. I was never a great fan of Ruth, but I always liked David. Um, and now I just I just don't really care, and I can actually see the archers carrying on without the minute, um, which is something that I never thought I would be able to say. 
Um, also, what's happened to Mike and Vicky? Um, last I remember is that the, se- the sale of the house fell through um, and um, I haven't heard any more about that, which, um, which is a shame because I love Mike and I don't mind Vicky anymore. Um, oh, I haven't told you what I do. Um, I'm an IT consultant, um, live in Hampshire. I also run my own freelance um, virtual PA business. And um, when I'm not doing that, I am doing a psychology degree with the Open University. Um, so, yeah, I think that's all I've got to say this time around. Finding Kate very annoying, as I think everybody is. Um, and I kind of I kind of like the fact that she's a bit sort of hippie-fied, but they've just taken it completely over the top, which is a real shame. Um, that they can't have somebody with a bit of an alternative take on things without making them into a massive caricature. Um, but yeah, anyway, love the podcast, as I've said, and um, hope to call in again. Bye. Uh, Helen, HB Purple. She says, I don't care now whether Ruth or David go or not. That's what Claire from Scotland Fire Canada said last week. Just somebody make a decision about something and do it. Um... This ridiculous. Oh, now we've got to stay another three three months. You think, what? Oh, for God's sake. So we've got another three months of this flipping stupid storyline, have we? Three sodding months. That'll take us to, what, early summer? Easter. Yeah. Oh. Um, time for Chris Carter to get his pecs out again. Yeah. Well, he's he reminds me. Where the hell is he? Well, yes. Well, yeah, and last week, even, you know, shag, marry or kill. Yeah. Surely, Chris Carter. No, too stupid. Really too stupid. Really? Yeah. What, stupid since he was kicked in the head by, by the horse? Yeah, no, he's got no... The, if you, the thing is... Mm. Oh dear, this is... I'm sorry. <laughs> this is probably a really bad idea to say this, but... You can put up with somebody attractive mm. if they're thick, if they're at least funny and they've got some self-awareness. Chris Carter manages to be quite kind of pompous somehow. I don't know. There's, he's just too... Uh, you know, he's like a male model sort of thing. I don't think I agree with you. But I appreciate this is Ambridge Extra because when he went down to Southampton and he was with Alice and yeah. Alice's friends were being somewhat uh, disparaging about yeah. They were all proper middle class and had gone travelling and the whole nine mm-hmm. you know. And he was, in effect, this working... Cl- not, not in effect a working class yokel from the countryside you know he, he took it for a little bit and then he put them absolutely in his place in their place so he's a little bit he's got a little bit more about him than you give him credit and uh. he's fashioning that business well we presume he is you haven't heard of him since last last April have we no you know the, the um the last time we saw him he was hammering away at his hammerville in a in a leather apron for god's mm. sake wasn't it mm. and nothing else no Let's just think about that for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, and Helen also wants to know where the hell Vicky and Mike have gone. They're mentioned in passing now, aren't they? Um, And she likes Kate being hippified, but she's been made too over the top and she's just a bit of a a comedy character, um, she says. Um, But Helen is an IT consultant living in Hampshire, which is exactly like Samarid. Sam Mary D. Sorry, I always say Samarid. Sam Mary D, um, who is also an IT consultant living in Hampshire, um, and Helen is doing a psychology. De- de- mm. Helen is doing a psychology degree 
which is uh, like Susan Carter, who in real life is a psychologist. Yeah. Do you yeah. think we could, mm. when we have, when we kind of tripped over by some apparent personality U-turn? Yeah. Characters, we can call on um, HB Purple to give us her kind of intellectual, professional, educational view on to where, as to whether this is really a U-turn or whether this is, you know, some thought-out kind of character arc of which, you know, is backed up by psychology. Well, not only HP Purple, we could also call upon this next caller. Ooh, that, that felt like that was a neat segue. Bro. I know, that was almost professional, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> very nearly. We're in da- great danger of sounding professional. Um, with a spoon. Greetings from New York City to Royfield Brown, Lucy Freeman, and the Dumpty Dum universe. My name is Witherspoon, but you can call me Wit. Well, that's not my real name. It's the name of my dog. Actually, it's not his real name either. It's his pen name. His real name is Angus Haggis. I'm American, could you have guessed? And I'm a physician, specifically a psychiatrist. So either you or the residents of Ambridge may avail yourselves of my expertise. I've been an Archer's listener for a decade, and therein lies a story. Well, a short story. I met my handsome husband a dozen years ago, and for several years, we split time between London and the Big Apple, but we've been living in Manhattan full-time since 2006. The Archers, which would be on in Handsome Husband's Hackney Flat, slowly began to invade my consciousness, and I gradually learned who was who, and have since become a bit of a fanatic. As I said, I'm happy to clarify diagnosis and or treatment plans for any Ambridge resident. For instance, Kate clearly has narcissistic personality disorder. No surprise there, but a pretty pessimistic prognosis. I hope she gets kicked out on her, as you say, bum, pretty soon before she creates havoc for her family. But chances are that Jennifer will continue to indulge her. Now, for poor old Ed Grundy, I'm sorry, Royfield. On a personal level, I have no use for him and have never forgiven him for being such a miserable brother to Will. His recovery from drug addiction occurred much too quickly and smoothly to have been realistic. That being said, he needs psychotherapy and antidepressants. But no one in Ambridge ever sees a doctor or is prescribed psychiatric medication. Just a little herbal tea, Carol, please. On that note, I'll sign off for today. Until next time, Witherspoon. My new favourite caller in In New York, he's a New York psychiatrist. He has a dog called Angus Haggis. And I've written in my notes, who has a dog called Angus Haggis, a psychiatrist. The dog is not the psychiatrist. Um, and he uh, met his husband in London and uh, they lived in Hackney and he started listening to the archers and gradually got to know who was who and he says Kate has got narcissistic personality disorder mm. which is very interesting what do you think it's uh, about us pair the needy pair I <laughs> dread to think maybe he could give us uh, a quick once over so to speak <laughs> next next week give us give us a running <laughs> MOT taking you up the Sanderson is that the Sanderson <laughs> <laughs>
he's given you. I don't think seat. he's very interested in taking me up, Miss Anderson. To be honest, you're much like that. I'm so sorry with a spoon. We don't normally descend to these levels. Actually, we do. That's a complete lie. We descend to them all the time. Um, but yes, give us a quick five thousand mile service, please, on our, um, our, our psychological well-being and whether or not it is wise that we continue with this podcast or whether we are in great danger of being sectioned imminently. Um, uh, and he also said that Ed Grundy's uh, recovery from addiction was much too quick, mm. which is absolutely right. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. One minute he was, he was he was slumped in a heap, and the next minute he was jogging around the green. As How <laughs> did they find him? Wasn't it Great Yarmouth or somewhere random? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And he points out that no one in Ambridge ever sees a doctor. That is very That's true. true. You go to hospital, but nobody goes to the doctor. That is absolutely true. I think one comes to the laurels, doesn't it? Oh, God, I know much too much about this. <laughs> Sometimes I just think, oh, Lucy. Well, there's only ever one patient with the laurels anyway. Yeah, and it's... Uh, and, yeah. and he's dead now, so... It's <laughs> <laughs> Prue Forrest. Still in it. No, Prue Forrest died, hasn't he? Yeah. My Prue. And Tom's... But Tom was in the laurels before, wasn't he? Wasn't he? You mean Jack? No, oh, Tom, Tom Forrest. Forrest. What's yeah. Oh. yeah, for a little bit, and then he died. Mm. Yeah, listen, your your knowledge of, of the art. Uh, and Marjorie Antwerp was in there. For, I know. Marjorie Antwerp was in there for a bit. <sighs> anyway. Hello, Dumpty Dumps. Claire from Scotland via Canada. I'm back in Scotland. Lisa did come through, but I didn't ring you up to tell you about that. I got in touch because of the answers and uh, what's been happening while I've been listening this week. Ed is in crisis. Ed seems to always be in crisis. I, correct me if I'm wrong there, but ever since I've been listening, which must be at least four years ago now, um, he's, he's had some kind of trouble with the grounds he heard. I have vivid memories of hearing lots and lots and lots and lots about an accounting program. Ruth was teaching him how to use this. She tried to teach him to use it on air. I didn't understand two words together in the entire sequence. I don't believe Ed did either, because it hasn't made the least bit of difference as far as I can work out. There was also buying feed in bulk with Brookfield. I don't know if that's still happening. I would like to know if it's still happening, but I would really like to know, and I'm hoping somebody can explain you, or fellow listeners, or somebody, because I don't know, is why, in spite of the fact that they have consistently written Ed to be improving the Grancy milk herd, it has gotten... It has just sort of lurched from crisis to crisis and we've never been shown the improvements that he's meant to have done um, or made to it rather so I, I I don't understand that there seems to be a disconnect there between what he's doing and the profit he's making and I would like somebody to account for it somewhere because it seems to be very hard working One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes Nice dress uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt Until you tried it on Same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And it doesn't seem to make any kind of sense to me. Uh, the other thing, I don't understand why Susan feels the need to verbally castrate Neil or the equivalent thereof every time she wants him to do something. She was horrible this evening, she was terribly manipulative, and she would hate it. Dumpty Dum has talked about how much she would hate it if he were actually to stand up to her, never mind anybody else. Actually, I don't think she'd mind about anyone else. I think implicit in that, don't be a doormat, it was outside of this house, not to me, not here, not now. Um, anyway, um... And then there's Helen. Helen, what has she done? Because she's told Rob, hasn't she, about Adam and Charlie. I mean, I don't think she's got to worry about it going round the houses, because Rob isn't like that. He's controlling. We know he's controlling. So what's going to happen is he's probably, I think, going to hold it over Adam's head, and we are going to have to hear about it. And it's going to have to be about as pleasant to listen to as one of these sideways rainstorms. I get sideways because I'm in Scotland. And that is what they are like. Um, Um... And I think that's everything for me about the archers. The only other thing to say is I was listening this week, catching up on Dumpty Dum broadcast podcast. You can tell I can't do electronics, can't you? And I was listening to Royfield's account of the Ready Brick commercial and the red line that didn't turn up for him when he went out to school. Um, And I I don't have the Ready Brick commercial to relate, but I do have, when I was very small, I was told by a housekeeper, about lots and lots of carrots, I would... It, they'd be good for my eyes. So I think you tell every child everywhere that to make them eat carrots. I'm, I'm partially sighted, and I was partially sighted then, and I was also very literal. I took that to mean if I ate lots and lots of carrots, my eyes would get better and I wouldn't have to wear a patch. No, I no longer have to wear a patch. I haven't since I was six. You can't do that to a child older than six. They protest. Uh, but the carrots didn't do a thing for my eyes, so I still have half of each eye to see with, and I read with half of one. Other than that... I think I'll ring off or do the electronic equivalent, but um, I think before I go, just a plea, and I don't think you can do anything about it, and I don't think I can either, but I'm going to put it out there anyway. Can we please have something cheerful to listen to? I don't mind what it is, I don't mind who it happens to, just something cheerful, because I am getting very tired of having to pat every second person who comes onto the archers on the shoulder and say, there, there, love, every couple of minutes. Um... It's probably my fault for feeling a compulsion to do this. I probably ought to get over it, but there we go. They've got me to engage with the program. I have engaged with it, and now I want them all to be cheerful, just for a little bit, if not longer. Right. That really is all. Loving the podcast. Take care. Goodbye. Claire from Scotland via Canada. Mm. How has Ed improved the Guernsey herd, which we keep hearing about, and yet is still not making a profit? I think Ed is supposed to be representative of the entire dairy crisis in the UK because I was reading about this over the weekend, the you know the milk being ridiculously cheap, and they have been banging on about this for quite some time. And every time they bang on, I thought, yes, 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 shut up, shut up, shut up. Um, but actually, when you read what is actually happening in dairy farming, it is, abs- you know, it, his story arc is 
um, Neil has a story pig arc, doesn't he? Hard to thought. Um, his story arc is, is entirely representative of, of what's going on, where they're oh, lowering right. supermarkets are, you know. Are, um, Go on, Lucy Lee Freeman. What? That's called joining up the dots. <laughs> Don't you patronise me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just came out. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it, yeah, but but were, I was reading case studies of, of farmers, and all of them could have been Ed talking. Um, you know, small producers and everything, and it is ridiculous. Well, and milk is now cheaper than living with their brother's son. Yeah, exactly like that. Bloody exactly. <laughs> and Beyonce's uh, dress was being made by their mother and mother-in-law. Um, but yes. It's a, but milk should not be cheaper than water, should it? That is nuts. Yes, that is very true. Mm. Uh, and uh, she says about Susan castrating Neil. I don't know. I do not know. Do you remember when Neil nearly had an affair? I don't, you know. It was when Susan was in the nick, when she was in prison. What year would that have been, roundabout? Oh, God knows. Early 90s, something like that? Possibly. I've got no idea where I was. Normally I can pitch it by what I was doing when I heard it. And I've got absolutely no idea. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then Susan, uh, Neil met this uh, other lady whose husband had, had, had legged it. And he was very torn. And I, I often think about her when, she, when Susan's having a go at him and think, I wonder if he'd have been happier if he just... Mm. But then Neil doesn't really do happy, does he? He does content. He does well, he just in. That's what he does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he does to get things out of his system. <laughs> he has three settings. Asleep, bell ringing, pig. That's it. <laughs> um, but, you know, did you... Did, uh, Claire's call. I nearly... I nearly, I had, went a bit misty-eyed because she was talking about your ready Brett red line. Mm. And she said she was told she's partially sighted, and she was told when she was a child if she ate more carrots, it would she'd have good eyes. Yeah. And she ate tons of carrots because she honestly thought she wouldn't be partially sighted anymore if she ate that many carrots. But that's one of those things which scientists have said um, debunked. Then there is a little bit of reason for vitamin A. Yeah, exactly. It goes backwards and forwards. It goes yeah. backwards and forwards every five to ten years. You know. But anyway. I just had this image of this little girl in an eye patch, frantically eating <laughs> carrots, thinking if I keep eating carrots, you know, it was so sweet. Mm. Yes. Anyway. Oh, by the way, Goddess Diva on um, was on the Twitter, so on the Book of Face, one of the other, uh, said that she um, also was duped by Ready Breck. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. She went, yeah, Rife, Rife with you, false advertising. <laughs> it had me too. <laughs> bring a case against them yes shattered illusions <laughs> hello you two um this is a brand new caller in i'm ms marbles um, and i tweet as at amy swin although i think i've only ever sent one tweet so that sounds rather grand um two things regarding the archers i thought i'd put into the um podcast this week firstly it's about tina and ambridge organics and rob tichinob now i've long been of the opinion that Tina and Rob have got a history. I wouldn't be surprised if they'd had an affair at some point um, because she suddenly popped up from nowhere and gets the job running Ambridge Organics 
which seemed slightly suspicious. So I thought there was some kind of history with Rob because he kind of found her from nowhere. And now suddenly Ambridge Organics is losing money. And my suspicion is that Rob is absolutely well aware that he is the father of Jess's child and he has visited her and said as long as you keep quiet about this I will pay you maintenance for the child um, which he has been doing but as we know uh, the household hasn't got a lot of money so he has been getting money out of Ambridge Organics um, himself and Tina have been taking money out some of it goes to Rob to pay maintenance to Jess and some of it goes to Tina to keep her mouth shut I think the amount he's been able to give her is insufficient. So Jess has now said, well, bugger that. I'm going to the child maintenance service and you're going to be named as the father officially and everyone will know. So that's that. And this would explain why Rob was so annoyed when he got the letter from the child maintenance service, but also why the shop is doing so badly at the moment. So I think there's something going on there. I don't think it's just bad management. I think the money's going somewhere. So that's the first thing. The second thing uh, relates to Lillian and Matt. I was devastated to see Matt go and to hear Lillian's sobs, but I think she'll be sobbing even more once Kenton doesn't come up with the money to buy her out of the bull. Lillian is in dire straits because Matt has taken all the money. Kenton has now offered her a lifeline with buying her out of the bull. I think the awful thing will be that because she's got no money, she'll start living on credit, safe in the knowledge that when the bull is sold, sorry, when um, Brookfield is sold, she'll get loads of money from Kenton for her share of the bull, except we all know that Brookfield isn't going to be sold, so she won't get any money, so she'll be poverty stricken, and before we know it, Amside will be sold up to pay her debts, and she'll be on Job Seekers Allowance, and you won't get many gin and tonics from Job Seekers Allowance. So that's my two thoughts for the week. And um, thank you two so much for the lovely podcast. I listen to it every week and love it, look forward to it, and you do a brilliant job. So thank you. And assuming this hasn't gone too badly, I'll have to listen back to it. I may well phone in again. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye. Miss Marbles has invested a great deal of time oh first time caller in era first time caller in uh miss marbles i am slightly worried about what it is you are supposed to be doing because this theory you've come up with is so thorough and complex you put cosmo to shame uh she thinks tina is being paid off by the takings from the shop in a prior arrangement between rob and jess that can yes I, the can baby- I just before yes. you, you, you yes finish. yes do you remember i said i ca- i care not a jot for this tina character yes so right whilst you explain all of this right yeah i'm gonna just nip off and make myself a nice cup of camp coffee okay I forget where I am now. Tina's being paid... I don't need to do all this because everybody's just heard the call. But anyway, Tina's being paid off by the takings from the shop. <laughs> oh, I'm not here, am I? In a, <laughs> in a prior arrangement with, with Jess to say that the baby is Rob's and he hasn't coughed up enough paternity thing, money. So, uh, uh, um... I forgot now. So uh, she's now said, right, I'm going to come out into the open and she's, and that's why. So there we go. And um, uh, Miss Marbles, you are impressive to say the least in your complicated uh, arrangements. But I don't think there is any, there are any circumstances under which Rob would uh, pay Jess any money because he's just a, a a a a recidivist and he just changes um what's happening 
to suit himself. He just denies things and then rewrites history all the time. Um, and Kenton won't come up with the money to buy Lillian out of the bull, which means Lillian will be poor, which will be a novelty. Um, yeah, because... Yeah, yes, because they're not going to get the money for ages, but she needs the money now, doesn't she? Mm. We we really need to know what's going up going on with Amside, because yeah. even though Matt has leg, you know, has drained the bank accounts, that relatively speaking should be a cash rich business because it wasn't as if they're not developing any new properties. They should just be collecting the rent. So, and anyway, he's not allowed to to because his name couldn't be on it because of his prison thing. Yeah, but yeah, no, no, true. But online accounts, though, isn't it? He's going to know the, oh, okay. the online account. Right, he's yeah. going to be able just to you know to, to do that. But as I said, that as far as I know, they weren't developing any new properties. So strictly speaking, it should be cash positive that business right now. So mm. even if he's cleared up all the bank accounts now, they're going to have. 5, 6, 10, 20 different rents coming in at kind of different points during the month. She's mm. kind of going to be all right, you know. Mm. She kind of yeah. has five holidays a year like she always does, but she's kind of going to have the ha- hand on the readies pretty quick. <laughs> always keep your hand on your sixpence, Lillian. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a, a... But where was Anthea when all this was going on? Anthea's supposed to be Mrs... Mrs... Um, you know, uh, observant, what's going on here? Mr. Crawford's done this, Mr. Crawford's done that. Bloody, not a word from her. Not a peep. Mm. It's very suspicious that they're in and it together. She's gone to Costa Rica with that. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Goddess Diva here. And surprise, surprise, I'm going to be talking about Titchy Knob just when I thought I couldn't hate him anymore. I'm so, so worried about Helen. So worried. He's now gone from just doing this at home to doing it in public. He growls, she capitulates, and it's just getting really even more disturbing. I mean, well done the scriptwriters for playing it so well, but they're ramping it up. It's really starting to get to me. What will happen next, my prediction is, when they're out in public, he will um, keep growling. She'll keep appeasing him. Somebody will notice, and she will find herself covering for him. When they're at home, she will mention something about a DNA test and Jess. He will give her a massive thump and she will cover for him and protect him. This is really, really, really getting amazingly good writing. But I really do go back to my earlier point from last year at some point, who knows, it's been so long, that the archers really do need to be sticking a helpline if you've been affected by this storyline. So at the end of it so it's all been a little bit oh i love Gillian's lillian's cackle who's Gillian? i don't even know it's early need more coffee lillian's cackle as ever made me feel wonderful and then my heart broke for her right at the end because we all knew we all knew matt's not coming back so my plot prediction for lillian that she turns into superwoman and her and justin elliott and his wife all move in together and have a polyamorous relationship Either that or Lillian will find herself um, in inverted commas and she'll end up shacking up with the new hot barmaid at the ball. Either way, I want some happiness for Lillian. Kenton can just piss off because he's a bit of a twat really, isn't he? I know everybody goes, ooh, Kenton's lovely, but no, no, I just don't see it. Right. Oh, 
I'm going to ask you to make this life-changing decision. I'm going to need to think about it, Kenton. Well, when can you tell me? Back off. Don't be a twat about it. I'm talking of twats. Jesus, do we have to picture Harrison Carpet Burns naked on a Sunday morning? Really? I'm just just sad that she didn't say was the water a bit cold Harrison because really I can't stand him but it's long known that I can't stand Harrison Burns and I think he's a bit of a weird stalker and Fallon could do much better so other things that made me laugh today Lindy Bot giving David what for go on Lindy Bot fantastic about time somebody bloody told him what for and yeah you get annoyed David but it's only because you know she's right um, so yeah, been away for a couple of weeks, but I'm back and still loving the podcast, still thinking that maybe me and Yokel Bear might actually do a joint call every now and then since listeners seem to enjoy it. But don't worry, we're not trying to take your jobs. And yeah, everybody, stop being mean to Roy. Roy Field's all right. You stop being mean to him on Facebook and stop moaning about the music. I like the music. Just stop being mean to him. And hello, Lucy, miss your face. And we've got to have a tweet up soon. We really do. Okay, that's me, Goddess Diva, out. And I will see you next week. Bye. Goddess Diva, still worried about Helen. We all are. She says um, she's covering for him. And then eventually he'll thump her and then she'll cover for him again. It's horrible. Um, And she said her heart broke for Lillian when Lillian started crying. Uh, I think, and she said she hopes Lillian will find herself. I think she'll probably find herself in the bottom of a bottle of Bombay Sapphire. Um, And she said Kenton's a twat. And I think we can all agree with that. Um, And she says that we should all be nicer to you, Royfield. Yes. And that was because on Facebook, people have been evil. Evil? On belief. Yes, yes, Lucy V. Freeman. Saying what? Specifically, Tom Oldfield, Alfie Reginald Moon, Paul Charles Wilkins. Now, I said, it's our 50th show coming up very soon. What should we do differently? Or, no, not what should we do differently? What would you like us to do to commemorate the said occasion? Should mm-hmm. we have an interview with Fallon, for argument's sake? <laughs> In the bath. Right. <laughs> Tom Oldfield, a Royfield sponsored silence. Oh. Charles, Paul Charles Wilkins, a recording, no background music. Um, oh. uh, and, you know, Alfie Reginald Moon cut some of the bloody background music. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I had to go on Facebook for a whole day. I was like, cut to the quick, I was. Oh. Hmm. Well, she says she misses my face. I don't know what that means. Goddess Diva said she misses my face. I think that may mean she's throwing things at it and she's a bad shot. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, there were some other suggestions. Um, Calvin Saxton said a Sean O'Connor interview. Yes. However, Joel Heston said, you know what? We're probably saying all the things that Millie Bell's about to say. Ah, okay. Mm. Editing process, Royfield. Yeah. <laughs> Make life easy for yourself. Shut up. <laughs> oh, but whilst we are talking about listeners, um, dumdy dum listeners, um, can we just say a special happy birthday to Chris Rolfe and uh, to Michelle Dawson and also 
congratulations to uh, my main girl, Dusty Substances, who Yay. has got a new grandbaby. Little Grandy Substances. Yeah. <laughs> She was so cute. Did you see the picture? Yeah, I did. I did. I, did. I mean, I, did. I know all babies look like howling oranges and black wigs, as Nancy Nitz have said, but that one was quite cute. As they go, it was quite sweet. Absolutely. So, well done all. Yes. Hurrah. You're all doing very well. Carry on. Uh, and yes, Goddess Diva, we would like you and Local Bear to do joint calls. As, as your one was very funny, especially when you did your asthma-y chuckle. I like that. Um, oh, and while we're at it, can we also say hello to... Do you remember um, Tilly Button from the, um, the awards? Mm-hmm. Uh, she is still listening every week. God love her. Annie Brown. Hello, Annie. And I saw her mum the other day. And on her birthday list, her birthday list almost entirely comprises Dumpty Dum merchandise. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she should call in and let us know how she's getting on with it. That'd be an interesting call. Yes, yes, yes. Call in, Annie. And uh, we may need to do an interview with Tilly Button further down the line. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, and now we have Mistress Cullis, who registers as a third-time caller in Hi there, uh, Mistress Cullis here, calling in as requested to register as a third-time caller in I think. Um but I'm afraid I'm going to disappoint us. I'm not really an astronaut and I haven't got a dumpty dum to sing to you. Oh, well. Um, I'm just a boring old accountant who happens to work in the aerospace industry. Um, but, Royfield, I do have to say that I'm definitely not old enough to be Yuri Gagarin's wife, thank you very much. Uh, anyway, all is forgiven as I listen to your lovely po- podcast again. Uh, have a good week and um, sending best wishes. Um, love from Cullis. Bye then. I, was all, right. I know you right. But she says she's not an astronaut. She's an accountant who works in aerospace, which makes her a space accountant. <laughs> That's much more better than an <laughs> astronaut. A space accountant. Fantastic. <laughs> That's it. All the calls are done. Oh, good, good, good. Um, I think we should like nip over to, you know, which bit at Derek's bedroom do we go to to do the top five hashtag the Archer's tweets of the week? Just remind mm. me. What? <laughs> On the wallpapering table, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> On that little rickety trestle table. Yeah. With your heft. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, not, not taking me up the slanders of any more. Not after that. <laughs> Listen, I think we should. Oh, it's time for me to say, Lucy. <laughs> yes. What are your top five hashtag the Archer's tweets of the week? I'm going to tell you now because you're so bloody rude. Um, actually, we've got shed loads. They're not five. There's about twenty-seven. <laughs> Sam Davy. Sam Davy. King of sperm, as we like to call him, because <laughs> what? He's the man who knows about paternity testing, uh, and he's the man who's too shy to ring in. Sam Davy, yes, not very good. Um, he said, "What was that? Matt's off to Costa and is not coming back. He should have gone to Starbucks. The cues aren't so long." Uh, <clears throat> Becky Land, I found a note on top of Matt's script. Practice your falsetto. You come back from Costa Rica, a different woman. <laughs> uh, Leonard Odysseus 
said, the Archers is getting so weird, I half expect Roy to disappear to Syria. Um, and Amanda White Art said, Ed takes his cows to market and brings back some of the magic beans. And Emily Thomas said, I hope Phoebe will have a showdown with Kate and Kate puts her foot through the new wine fridge in the Albion. And the tweet of the week. Are you still there? You're very quiet. Oh, I'm still here. Oh. Was from Exeter Dormouse. Kate. You're such a disappointment to be Phoebe. Couldn't you at least... Sorry. From Exeter Dormouse. Kate. You're such a disappointment to be... <laughs> you're sounding like me. <laughs> from Exeter Dormouse. Kate. You're such a disappointment to be... It's, Fe- it's because it's Phoebe, me. Okay, this is the last time. Otherwise... I'll be like Susan Rouse. I'm going to do what Susan Rouse said. I'll I'll counter up at it. Kate, you're such a disappointment to me, Phoebe. Couldn't you at least be lesbian or Chinese or something? (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we're going to bung in Kirsty Dingwall as well, uh, who tweeted about the shop. I'm listening to the podcast and I heard my name. Buying mug and t shirt when drunk paid off. Lucy would approve, I suspect. I suspect that most of our Dumpty Dumpers are sitting in their Dumpty Dum uh, pyjamas, watching their dogs drink from their Dumpty Dum dog bowls and all that, because they made wildly inappropriate purchases when half-cut. So, yes, I think that's very good. Drink a lot. You've, done, you've all done dry January now. It's all very good. Well done. You get the badge. And now, start drinking again and buy things. How much Dumpty Dum merch do you have, Lucy? I don't have any. Mm. You? Oh, I do actually. I took home K- Kerry Davis's mug by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Not Kerry Davis. It's um. Yeah, well, it was for him, but it wasn't his his mug. It was the best storyline mug. I found it at the end when I, I was clearing up the boxes, and I found this this little mug left. So I half inched it, put it in my handbag. Mm. Mm. Have you got any? Of course I do. What, what have you got? Got Dumpty Dum mug, got Dumpty Dum t-shirt, and um, that's it. I don't, I don't believe you. Well, I'll show you documentary evidence on on the Twitters in the week. Yes, you're always nagging everyone else to send photos. Not always. I forget most of the time. I forget to nag people. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people like you. I remember to nag them. That's why they don't like me. <laughs> Um, but you know what? Before we say that Dum Dum is over and then Andrew Horn gets all gets the horn, yeah. Um, why don't we leap over to the Book of Face where Millie Belt is on top of all things archers related? Good day, everyone. It's Millie Bell here. I'm just going to start by sharing a little story with you. My current partner, who has lots of wonderful qualities, uh, two of the qualities he doesn't have, though, is he doesn't listen to The Archers and he doesn't listen to this podcast. So I was just chatting to him the other day and saying, they get a lot of people that phone in and they all have really sexy voices. Do I have a sexy voice? With which he laughed so hard that water came out of his eyes. I was not impressed. Luckily, he was doing the washing up or I would have hit him. Anyway, this is Millie Bell, apparently not with a sexy voice. And this is my brief for Facebook for this week. Uh, We asked you, uh, what hobbies do you have and who do you think in Ambridge would have uh, the same hobbies? And you came up 
with lots of really um, interesting hobbies. We, we have a very diverse group of people listening to the podcast. Uh, lots of you have creative skills, baking, preserving, embroidering, crochet, etc. And these included Ruth Simpson, Joyce Jennings, Sarah Seddon, C. Rowan Jones, Claire Steep and Vicky Cole. Joy Miller is a bell ringer, which I did find interesting. And Ben Hardy, I thought, is someone I'd like to get to know because he makes wine from ingredients other than grapes, a la Nelson, Gabriel and Reese. We also asked you, how should we celebrate the 50th episode? And you came up with some very creative ideas again. Nicholas Barnes suggested an uninterrupted monologue. You're being very naughty, Nicholas. Calvin Saxton uh, wants an interview with Sean O'Connor. Dee Leary wants Susan Ray back because she's so good. Joe Andrews, however, wants a breakfast tweet-along where listeners can share their fave archers and podcast memories. So we'll take those uh, suggestions on board, and I'm sure that uh, Royfield and Lucy will come up with something really fun for us for the 50th episode. And the horn gets the horn. <laughs> well, yeah, I did say to myself, hmm, that's probably the wrong metaphor, but it already, it already left, my, left my lips, so to speak. <laughs> So that's it. Dum dum is just about done this week. Um, if you're tired of making tea by sucking tea bags, why not invest in a mug? Or even better, a dum de dum mug. They are certified vegan by Kate Aldridge, and are handmade by organic Peruvian orphans who've never ever touched plastic. So go on, go to dumdydum.com forward slash shop and buy, buy, buy. Now, hey everybody's favourite section. You know, Lucy thinks it's the monologue, but we all know it's reviews, news, news of reviews. We have brand new iTunes reviews from Bingley Baggy VC120997 HB Purple Moinus and From the Colony in the Frozen North Jam from Can. So thank you for those reviews. Folks, you know that is super duper important because it means that we get more listeners. And we know what that means. Points mean prizes and all of that. Um, anyway, whatever. If you have an itchy, <laughs> <Whatever. laughs> you have an itchy <laughs> donation finger, then click away on the donate button on the site. And Michael Burke doesn't do that at the end of the news. He's go anyway. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Listen, I tell you what, if I was in the jungle, I wouldn't be the second person out. That's all I'm going to say about Michael Burke. Right. Fine. <laughs> That's all you say about Michael Burke, then. Cool. Cool. What does that even mean? If I was in the jungle, I wouldn't be the second one out. He was rubbish on I'm a Celebrity. Was he? Yeah. But what was he even doing on there, apart from buying a new conservatory or whatever it was? That's what he was on there for. But Ugh. you have to slightly go out of your way and be boring to be like the second person out in the jungle. Who was the first person? Are they the really unbearable people that people just cannot stand? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And it was, you know, who was the first one out? Jimmy Bullard, and I can't remember some 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 woman. Who's that? Jimmy Bullard was. Um, a rather, it was a really good footballer. He used to play for Hull City. Kind of came to prominence playing for Hull City in the mid two thousands. Great winger, but he was a bit of a Jack the Lad, and he was just too much on there, too much, and got booted off. That's not a celebrity, is it? Uh, well, but this is the thing: there's all these celebrity programs, and they're absolutely scraping the barrel. But you thought Michael Burke, touch a genius. The man's got a bit of class, very cerebral. Yeah. yeah. 
bollocks was he he was out really quickly you know you have to go out of your way to be boring and a bit bit nondescript to get booted out that fast so don't tell me that he's some great broadcaster and i need to like follow what he does so if i want to say whatever when i come to the end of a line i'll say whatever all right whatever however he's really good on the moral maze though yeah yeah yes he is actually he's excellent on that awful flipping daily mail woman who's that Oh, I can't remember her name. I'm looking at a list of other names. Uh, Jan something. Forgotten. Don't know. Awesome oh, well, I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so... Melanie Phillips. Not Jan. But he's very good on that. But he was just going down there, just, just getting paid. Quite simple as that. Um, so, right. Since December, we've had the following. Oh, I'd best just do this all again, because people have forgotten where the hell we came in on this. If you have an itchy donation finger, then click away on the donate button on the site and give us cold hard cash. Right, that's what I said before. Now, since December, the <laughs> <laughs> following have helped dumpty, the dumpty dum balance of payments deficit. A. Williams. Alison Jones. Amy Ross. Andrew Ashley. Barbara Wiseman. Claire Maxwell. Claudia Bafigo. Dee Leary. Diane Stokes. Ellen Joy Miller. <gasps> Glyn Fullerlove. Oh, it does say that, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, a lovely surname. Helen yes. Palmer. Jane Fitzgerald. Jane Room. Jean Rose. Jonathan Burns. K.R. Whitbread. Leonie Beavers. Marsha Hill. Mary Argent Catwala. Mary Darby. Sarah Gleason. And Sven van der Berger, no. who plays the chef on The Muppets. Aha! Well done. Well done. Um, and Tim Parker, bringing up the rear. We thank you for depositing into the Borchester branch of the Dum De Dum Bank, folks. You can also go to patreon.com, P A T R E O N.com, and search for Dum T Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about £1.30. Remember, 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 you can also send us a voice message via the site, or you can call us on 0203 from a f- regular phone and leave us a message if you can't navigate our website you can also ping us a regular text method you can also ping us a regular textual type message via the said same website which is dumdydum.com or you can get us on twitters where we are at dumdydum or you can tweet me at royfield or me at lucy v freeman so please, 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 please keep those reviews coming, folks. Uh, it's really nice to actually get some because we all know <laughs> reviews, news, news of reviews is everybody's favourite section. We don't have to wither on the vine now, do we? Well, it's got its own theme tune. It has. That's how important it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> because we want to be top of the podcast, chart before Ed has to get a wong alone. Oh, I think I'm really perceptive of you that Ed is the you know it's the whole of the yeah, british dairy industry yeah, it's the dairy industry well done I, you know you are being patronizing and sarcastic no, cunts no really oh for god's sake i can't <laughs> last week last week i said you were really intelligent yes well no that's just because it's not true and it makes me uncomfortable come on you put out these scripts week after week you take this soap opera sorry this docudrama and you you can turn it into comedy gold everything you know oh come on the art 
It's gold. Yeah. It's not me, is it? But you can see you know, the humour in just about everything. When I the go... The absurdity of it. When I go onto um, the BBC website, right? Mm. And you know you have to... When you go onto the listen again bit, mm. you, and it says... And you go into Radio 4, and then it says category, and you choose between comedy, drama, new current affairs, whatever. I always click on comedy <laughs> when I'm trying to find the archers that I think, oh, no, drama, drama. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. It makes me snigger every time that I do it. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Right. right. Well, You're off to Betty Bice now, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just before I do, um, so what's your day looking like? Um, I have to write some gags. And they've just emailed me to tell me what I'm writing the gags about. And I am... What else am I doing? Um, I've got to... I did, um, oh, it was really sweet. I did, um, uh, I went and, you know, I'm a governor at the school. Mm. I, d- I did some um, branding training with the kids to sort of talk about key messages and stuff for their school. to sort of just get, it's part of their PHSE, whatever it's called, stuff. And um, uh, they were all sat around in a ring and, and, there's, and there's little ones from four going up to 11. And so I was asking them, um, all kinds of questions about uh, what they um, what they felt about the school and things like that, and if it was an animal, what sort of animal would it be, and all that. And at the end, we got to what sort of sweet would you would you like? It was just a way of ending up mm. of, of closing down. And I said because it was Friday evening and I, Friday afternoon, and I said you can all have a big shout and shout out what your word is that you think about when you think about your favourite sweets. So they all shouted yummy and then laughed their heads off because it all shouted it at the same time. So I wrote it on the board and this little boy who's about six came suddenly came sort of rushing towards me out of he got off his chair and came darting towards me and he shouted, Miss Freedom, they'd all been calling me Miss Miss Freedom, Miss Freedom, I think you are yummy and I want to eat you all up, he said. teacher just looked absolutely horrified and then rolled his eyes and he said, Sit down, Ruben. And it was so cute though. And all the others, had, they all clapped their hands over their mouth and were sort of exploding with laughter because he'd been so sort of <laughs> cheeky. It was very cute. I think I might change my name to Miss Freedom. Miss Freedom, Miss Freedom. Anyway, so yes, I'm writing all that up today because I promised them that I would uh, send them the notes so they could read what they'd all said. Oh, that, hmm. uh, that sounds oh, really quite sweet and lovely. Um, on that note... I'm not even going to come back and tell you some ridiculous anecdote or to listen to a podcast or anything like that because, for me, it's quarter past one in the morning. I need oh, I... okay. So, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Royfield. Goodbye, children, everywhere. <laughs> and everybody have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week listening to the docky drama that we love. Oh, and if you need a little bit of a break, maybe go listen to Ten American <laughs> Presidents. <laughs> <laughs> one at the top, one at the bottom. Yeah, USP.com or go onto <laughs> iTunes, put in the number 10 and then American Presidents and uh, go listen to it. And if you do like it, write a review. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. All right, Lucy, I'm off to bed. Ta-ra. All right. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.
August the 11th, 1965, the bloodiest riot in 40 years of America's troubled racial history begins. Los Angeles, California, the district called Watts. 34 persons die, $40 million worth of property is destroyed, almost 4,000 are arrested. The American Negro, the invisible... It is now more certain than ever that the bloody experience of Vietnam is to end in a stalemate. I have some very sad news for all of you, and I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world. And that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight. Remember, sir? Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King. There have been some demonstrations at this early hour in downtown Chicago's Grant Park. We heard a moment ago that tear gas has been used as the demonstrators are attempting to form a line of parade and march Senator Robert Francis Kennedy on the died at 1.44 a.m. today, June 6, 1968, with Senator Kennedy. The 1960s, as we understand them, didn't really start happening until about 1965. The framework and the foundation is laid, of course, much earlier. But if you take a look at photographs of American people, you can see a change in fashion, style, and the entire culture that occurs sometime between 1964 and 1967. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.